A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I want to be there. I want to live there. I want to go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. And welcome into CityCast. My name is Ashley Studebaker alongside co-host Matthew Cray here. We aim to keep you updated on all things City of Rock Hill. We are joined by Alex Greenewalt. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, of course. Thanks for coming. So um, we're going to get to know just how you got to where you are. So if you could go over your um, exact title and just how you got here. Absolutely. So I am the center director at Pathways Community Center. And just a little background of, of me and how I got there. I started in the, the field of public health, so that's my background. And I also have an MBA in healthcare management. And I found myself working in the mental health field year, years ago and helping a lot of folks um, in the college age population. And as we know now, that's such a huge need for anybody with mental health, but it was still years ago, you know, really prevalent, especially around suicide. So that's where I started the career and then it led me to Keystone Substance Abuse Services here in York County. So taking that mental health background and now mixing it with the co-occurring disorder of addiction. And then from there, I am now at Pathways and taking all of that and putting it into supportive services for folks that are in zero to low income population that are struggling and you see a lot from the mental health the addiction and and more so so what attract because this is a fairly new organization what attracted you to this position given all the other things you had already done so it was something that i have to say you know it fell in my lap it wasn't that i was seeking it but it was such one of those organizations that it it's so unique you do not see this model of pathways and many other parts of let alone our state but the nation and why it's so unique is we are not actually providing the direct services at pathways there's no form of duplication we're working with our existing service providers in this community to either have another hub at our location from their main office and it's bringing those that are experts at what they're doing to the table so knowing all of that i i thought that was something that's so unique to be a part of and i don't look back every day it's it's exciting to say i'm helping people in all these different areas and working with so many different nonprofits. you don't get that in a normal in a normal in a normal job honestly all right. Well, we'll get more so into the nitty gritty of what you do on a daily basis and what Pathways is, but we want to get to know you better a little bit first. So we have some this or that questions. Ooh, um, we okay. got 60 seconds and just answer as many as you can or all of them, hopefully. So, <laughs> okay. All right. You ready? We're yeah, ready. let's do it. Vacation on the mountains or at the beach? Beach. Uh, coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Iced or hot? Hot. Dunkin' or Starbucks? Starbucks. Okay. <laughs> Shopping in-store or online? Ooh. In-store. A little old school. Okay. All right. Cake or pie? Cake. Uh, card game or board game? Ooh. Ooh, board game. <laughs> Favorite board game? No, don't know. No, I can't. No, don't know. <laughs> Pass. Dine-in or delivery? Dine-in. 
TV shows or movies? Movies. Movies at home or movies in the theater? At home. Jeans or sweatpants? Sweats. Yes. Uh, listen to music or listen to a podcast? Podcast in the city podcast of yeah. Rock Hill. <laughs> we love it. Okay. Uh, I strategically threw that one in there. Three, theme park or water park? Theme park. Summer weather or winter weather? Summer. Uh, all right. Cups in the cupboard, right side up or upside down? Right side up. All right, that's time. Oh, that's I thought yeah, I no. wanted to get that one in. So Do you have one, another one good one that we can add in? Um. Okay. Would you rather go skydiving or bungee jumping? Oh, both. Honestly. Right. Wow. Okay. So both. she's adventurous. I'm very adventurous. All I'll right. risk, I'll risk my life. That would terrify me. Really? I'm, I'm big against heights. So you're oh. <laughs> an on the ground kind of guy. I mean, I'm not saying I'd like it, but the adrenaline <laughs> rush, I just feel like that'd be exciting. It'd be good to just do it. Yeah. Well, I, I played sports. So I can never jump very high. So me okay. and gravity have this nice relationship that I don't want to test. So <laughs> just stay on the ground, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. So now that we know you on the kind of personal side of things, um, we're just going to get into your job and Pathways. So can you sum up for us? What is Pathways? Absolutely. So Pathways, we were established in 2019 with the idea to, to bring a collaboration of existing service providers under one roof to help serve the zero to low income population. So the services are a range of health and human um, services from food, clothing, shelter, jobs, mental health, addiction, healthcare access, the list goes on. But having it under one roof to be accessible for our community. And so a, a lot of times these organizations start with a meeting or a discussion. What is the origin story for Pathways? The origin starts with the heart of so many of our community from church leaders, business, just the average, you know, neighbor, the, the citizen, our nonprofits, um, city and county, everyone kind of had this idea on their heart for what if there's this one stop shop, a place to serve our community in need, because what was happening back in the day, a lot of folks that needed a whole laundry list of services had to go from one part of the community, let's say Fort Mill to get access to something. And then they had to get on over to Rock Hill and it was just bouncing people around and that takes a lot a lot longer for folks to get stable, let alone self-sufficient. And then you throw the lack of transportation in there. It's just a lot of barriers. So this was on a lot of folks' hearts and I think it just took multiple conversations of these good people that said, you know, I have this idea. And then they talked to somebody else who said, well, I've had this idea too. So all these folks with the ideas came together and started to sit at a table and just start to talk through this, this dream, a vision, this model. And after, I mean, I think this was years in the works, but it really took the, the 2017, 2018 to bring the vision to life where they actually purchased and landed the, the infrastructure of Pathways, which if, if you don't know, is a former elementary school. Hmm. So Pathways is 40,000 square feet. It's oh, wow. massive. Um, so you guys are centralizing a lot of organizations. Uh, which organizations fall under that umbrella? And then after you answer that, I'll have a follow-up question. Sure. Yeah. So we currently have, we have 14, and then we have agencies that may not actually have a location on site, but they're still big co components and come weekly. So I'll kind of start with Veterans Bridge Home. We have Alston Wilkes Society, South Carolina Christian Foundation, and Circle 555. We have Favor, Faces and Voices of Recovery. 
We have Parks Insurance for South Carolina Blue Cross Blue Shield. We have SC Works, Keystone Substance Abuse Services, Catawba Mental Health, Carolina Community Actions, the Manor House Food Pantry, Bethel Day Shelter, the Haven Men's Shelter, Grounds of Grace Ministry, and House of Agape. And then our partners that come in on a weekly basis, we have No Sad Story for HIV, AIDS, and Domestic Violence. We have NAMI for the National Alliance for Mental Health Support. We have Vocational Rehab. And the, the list kind of goes on of folks that just come and go and give their time and talent. So you've ta- you took all these organizations. They're now all working together. And I think that kind of sets up my next question. You had 12 to 14 organizations that were all doing their own thing. How difficult was it to bring them together and have them work in unison? I think that's always a challenge with, with any model like this of collaboration. But it's achievable, and, and we've shown this success. It does take a lot of people to get on that common agenda. So Pathways is essentially a collective impact. We follow this evidence-based framework where you're bringing collaborators to a table, but you have to have a common agenda and a common um, set of goals that you're trying to establish. And I think once that was defined and they started to see another person's success is going to benefit my agency's success and my agency's success will benefit that agency's success, the more they started to see this common agenda of getting people stable and self-sufficient, they started to see way more successes. And what I mean by that, a success is, we want someone self-sufficient in their own permanent home and that they're able to care for themselves or um, whether that's financially, um, pay for their rent, utilities, grocery, and just have a good quality of life. And so collectively, when you see that one client that gets, comes through the door and goes on this journey throughout pathways going from each agency, it is incredible to see that one that gets kind of spit out at the end of this, pa- at this journey, essentially, they're whole, they're healed, and they're so much more self-sufficient. And all those agencies can say, yeah, I had a, a huge part in that person's life. So what has the response been to pathways since you guys started three to four years ago? Are, are more people coming to Pathways? Is it kind of some days more than others? It has definitely grown as I think branding awareness has come about. More folks are hearing about us. In fact, we hear mostly it's word of mouth. So when Pathways first started, I think for many, it's, uh, it's unique and you don't have something like this in the community. So a lot of people were interested um, and a lot just didn't quite understand the concept yet. But as Pathways has grown, and it it opened its doors in the winter of 2019. So as we all know, COVID came about in 2020 and our doors never shut. You have to think about it. We are the last place for folks that are in crisis. Your zero to low income population are so vulnerable and they have so many health disparities that they're not able to access on their own. So we could not close our doors. And keep in mind that Pathways is, is still growing capacity and building on more nonprofits. So back in the day, there were a, a couple critical ones there, but still some missing gaps. So it's come a long way. I know looking at numbers just compared to last year, the past, let's say, four months, we saw an average of like 56 folks come through our door. Wow. And just this year, from January to, to April, we've seen already 120 people come through our front door. But keep in mind, 
there's 15 other front doors throughout the property that people are coming through. So when we add up all the connections, when one person receives service from an agency and the next agency, it's not always a one-time thing. They might have to keep going back to get counseled on or case managed. We have over 50,000, pretty 60, I'd say 60,000 connections of touch points where you're, you're getting some form of care or service on a, a cycle. So that's a huge turnaround from when we started. So how does it work exactly as if, you know, like does someone just walk in the front doors to y'all pathways and then kind of give their situation and then you point them in the right direction or how's that work? That's exactly it. So we kind of say we're a single point of entry, but in layman's terms, we're just a, a centralized location. They'll walk through our front door and we have an intake specialist who will sit down with them and go through a standard assessment. What are their health disparities? What are their needs? And based off of that, we're able to see who is the best person to refer them to. And keep in mind, we try to start them on their journey in-house, but there are critical and amazing organizations outside of our walls. We don't silo ourselves. We partner outside of pathways to incredible agencies and the community. But we get them stable and that's where the gears turn at pathways. You have to figure out what's their needs through that assessment and how to get them referred. And from that, the process begins. The referral is essentially like the Olympics. It's a baton being passed. And when one agency fulfills a need or starts to complete the need of a, an individual or a family, they pass that baton down the hallway essentially to the next person so uh earlier i'll backtrack a little bit you mentioned the pandemic um whether or not we're still in it I, who knows but i know how did your day-to-day -day change i know it was shortly after you opened that COVID hit but how did it so quickly change your day-to-day -day? i think everybody everybody in this world adapted and that's what you know, our folks and all the staff at Pathways as well. So those agencies, many adapted, um, some, you know, started to do virtual visits and some still did face-to-face -face and just, you know, had proper protocols in place. And that's with many healthcare providers from the addiction, the mental health and the hospitals, you really can't close your doors when you are the last line of defense to, to take care of crisis situations. And that's how Pathways did it. And I get the question a lot, did you see a lot of influx during the pandemic? And we did. Folks were not, um, I guess COVID didn't keep them in their house when they were in crisis because many were losing their house during the pandemic. Loss of job, maybe they lost a loved one or a spouse to COVID and you have medical bills now on the weight of your shoulders. All of these components played a role. So Pathways still saw a handful of families and individuals coming in crisis saying, hey, I need help. I'm about to lose the roof over my head or I just lost the roof over my head. I'm homeless, I have two kids, I'm on the streets. I don't know what to do. And Pathways stayed open with our doors for them. And you have a certain amount of people who you house there, correct? Or if they need a place to stay, they'll, they can stay at Pathways, correct? So the agencies currently there, we have Bethel Day Shelter. Mm -hmm. So that's a daytime shelter for anybody that of course is homeless and doesn't have a place to go. That's for men or women. And then the Haven Men Shelter will house at nighttime beds for men. 
And keep in mind, that's a transitional shelter. It's not emergency. Mm-hmm. Bethel Men's Emergency Shelter will take care of those that just need a bed. Come as you are. You won't get turned away as long as a bed's available. We're the Haven Men's Transitional Shelter. This is a, an upgrade, a next step for those that have a desire and will to change their life. They're working. They're doing all their responsibilities. They're saving their money. It's it's generally a 90-day program to get them on their feet, stable, and really get them into that permanent home where they're self-sufficient. And hopefully come fall, we all say a prayer and cross our fingers, the Lifehouse Cottage will be coming to Pathways, and that's a women's emergency shelter. Mm. Wow. And I guess the reason I asked that was with people staying there, how did that, how did COVID affect that? Definitely challenges with capacity and beds. So I know, for example, the Haven had to cut their capacity. They have 24 beds currently, and they had to go, you know, about 14, 15 beds. Mm -hmm. So it limits folks that, you know, and, and transitional shelters are near and far. They're very limited in our community. And the emergency shelters saw the same thing. But I think from what I understand, especially from the emergency shelters like Bethel and Lifehouse, they adapted phenomenally protocols were in place everyone followed it and they had minimal i i I didn't even hear of outbreaks so if they had any it it was unheard of um, because they followed the right protocol and we brought in a lot of the times dhex so nothing was pushed but it was just an opportunity for folks that wanted to get the vaccine it was present for them so there are a lot of opportunities and masks were readily provided so you know everyone adapted Talk about LifeHouse for a minute, because I guess you could call it kind of a a sister service right now, since it's not quite under the same roof. I know the story. It's pretty cool. But go ahead and give the brief synopsis of how that came to be. So it all starts with the heart of a woman, Courtney Denton. She is a mover, shaker, and just a God-given angel to our community. And Courtney Denton is a board of directors of Pathways. And back in the day, pretty much two years ago from December she was sitting in a board meeting and at the time the center director was sharing intake numbers trends and saw that there was no place in this community in York County to put a homeless woman and during that time so many women were coming through the doors of pathways in crisis with their kids and having to to be told here's a blanket here is a prayer and a hug and we hope you can get through the night Mm. And so put yourself in those shoes of these women. It's heartbreaking, and that's exactly what Courtney Denton felt at that board meeting. She was called to action in that moment and said, this is not okay. We as a community cannot accept this. These women deserve more. They deserve to have a dignified place to lay their head down, especially with or without their kids. So if anyone knows Courtney, she makes things happen. She's a connector, and she got within matters of month um, the the Lifehouse shelter over near Wilson Street up and in her hands and just quickly restored so that it could be 12 beds to put women in at night and so all this said and done the doors opened right before Christmas these women walked into a home with a Christmas tree and gifts Mm. just piled under that tree for them fresh bed and linen and just a warm house and that is what the the blessing and the inception of the Lifehouse shelter is. And if anyone knows just the growth that's coming about, that is the Lifehouse cottage that's now being an addition to what Courtney's doing. And that's going to be the emergency shelter at Pathways. 
And on top of it, the house directly across the street came up on the market. And Courtney Denton said, this is God's gift to me. Let's go. Let's take that property to expand the 12-bed shelter to an additional 12 beds. So that's going to be 24 more beds coming to this community on top of 30 cots at LifeHouse Pathways Cottage. Incredible. So this is an emotional job for you and well, probably, uh, you know, everyone involved. So how do you manage the emotions of like, I mean, hearing the stories of women, men and with their children, like, how do you separate that from, oh, my gosh, I feel so bad, but okay, time to work. Like, let's get them on their feet. I'll speak for me, but I know everybody is different at Pathway. Some um, say a prayer before they walk out the door and they and they leave that load of work there. They don't think anything about it. They pray for those individuals. Um, others are, you know, the boundaries are there. A lot of these um, staff workers at Pathways, they're case managers. They have backgrounds in counseling. That is something we teach is boundaries. For me specifically, I am not worried because we have such an abundant, loving, resourceful community that are providing everything our community needs. And so knowing that when I walk away from work, Anyone that comes to these stores that are in crisis, they're in the right, they are in the right hands now. And that brings me relief. And I know there's some that haven't found pathways and are still on the streets or struggling in their home. But I hope through awareness and more messages, they'll hear these podcasts and awareness to, to get them the access they need. But I, I leave work with... Um, a good heart knowing they are taken care of and we are not lacking anything in this community. I mean, of course, we all have wish lists of, of more things, more affordable housing, but our resource providers, we have to celebrate them in this community. They are life-changing. I'd love to get into some of the services you guys offer, but I'm, as I'm looking at my list of prepared questions, I'm realizing uh, that two of them kind of run lock in step. You talked about how this is a an organization that doesn't just take people in it helps them get them back on their feet and that is with the services that you guys offer um i don't know if we should go through these one by one or just uh, maybe a couple at a time but just list off a few of the services that pathways does offer first so one thing to keep in mind you know pathways with that centralized intake system we are going to do the assessments and referrals out once those referrals out are made those are where the service providers on site start to do these services. So I usually see the common um, first step for many folks is with Alston Wilkes Society. Many need identification. They don't have driver's license, ID, social security, birth certificate. You have to have that to apply for a job or to apply for benefits and health care. So that's pretty a number one step critical service there. Um, we always want to address, you know, root causes. What is causing somebody to go through this, this cycle of poverty, whether they are homeless or they're low income and they're struggling? A lot comes down to poor budgeting. Um, mental health plays a huge role. You, we see a lot of domestic violence, verbal violence, sexual assaults, and then some not all the addiction plays a role too so we try to tackle those root causes as well and that's where keystones counselors come in catawba mental health counselors come in no sad story helps with the domestic violence safe passage helps with the domestic violence and so we're tackling those as well the other main critical things you have to to prioritize when someone is in need if they have no shelter that's obviously going to be the referrals to 
Bethel Men's Emergency Shelter, Bethel Day Shelter, the Women's Lifehouse Shelter, Family Promise, Salvation um, Army, Pilgrims Inn, a lot of our service uh, shelter providers in this community. So that's guaranteed. When someone walks to our door and says, we need shelter right now, we're pretty much able to guarantee that somebody will get a bed that night but numbers are growing so i don't want to misspeak as time and the low income population continues to grow we might not always have these beds in the community and so it's a given day other amazing services from food and groceries the manor house food pantry they're providing access to health healthy groceries so we're talking about a full nutritious meal following the guidelines of getting fresh produce of vegetables, fruits, fresh meats. You know, we're not talking canned goods where you see a lot of the high sodiums and fat that are causing a lot of health conditions like obesity, hypertension, and could lead to cancer down the road. So getting access to these nutritious foods are incredible. The Manor House Pantry will serve 300 families every weekend. Wow. It's, it's incredible what they do. On the flip side of that, Emergency Soup Kitchen is the House of Agape, and that food that they're serving is incredibly delicious. Um, they will not turn anybody away. If I walk in there after a late evening of work, they'll feed me, and it is just wholehearted, good food. On top of that, the, the life skills that are offered, that's critical. You see a lot of the agencies mix in life skills from financial counseling, budgeting, basic healthy relationships, boundaries, you name it, things to get folks the skills to get on their feet and stable. The other things that we look at are, um, of course, the, the transportation. We are so grateful for the city of Rock Hill to have the MyRide bus system. We advocated to have it right on, on site at Pathways. I think it originally was down the road and as Pathways came about, we, we reached out to the city and said, what could this look like to have it on site? And they, they made it happen. And we're grateful because that has now given on-site transportation. Everybody can hop off the bus in the mornings, evenings, whenever, and they're right there at Pathways. And we know that that bus route goes to so many other service, critical service agencies in the community. So that transportation's huge. And I think that's something that makes our community so unique that you don't see in others like Charlotte, Lancaster, Chester, you don't, you just don't have that free transportation system. So that's critical to making pathways work. Uh, what about education? Is there any education component that you guys offer? Yeah. So Carolina Community Actions, they work hand in hand with York Tech. So right now they are, they are doing um, anyone that wants to come in and do GED program certificate, go in and get their bachelor's you know, all that's covered free under, you know, the the government's assistance now. So we actually have, um, I'll share a woman who has really turned her life around. She has experienced substance abuse. She was dealing substances. She was homeless on the streets. Once she came into our care, you saw her life turn around. She got invested with Grounds of Grace Ministry. And that is a faith-based organization. And I think that's a big part of what changed her around. And so every morning I see her on the curb waiting for a bus to come and a specific bus to come and get her and take her off to York Tech for her GED program. And that's what we want to see. That is the, not the handout, the hand up. They have to work for it, but that's going to improve their quality of life. And it's incredible, the education. Um, so 
you guys also, I mean, help people find a home, um, a roof over their head. So I'm sure you have to balance the housing market, market, which is up and down, up and down. How do you guys manage that? Woo. Yeah, that is a tough one right now with our economy. I will say this is where partnerships come into place. Pathways can't and won't solve the world's problems, but we can say we're we're have a big dent in that or a big bite in that apple that we play we're helping getting the people all the resources they need but knowing that housing affordable housing which means you're putting no more than 30 percent of your income toward rent utilities food all that stuff it's it's hard to find so we collaborate a lot with the cash coalition cash stands for the catawba area coalition for homelessness their mission is to find safe decent and affordable housing in the york Lancaster and Chester areas and so that's kind of more their wheelhouse they work hand in hand with the the housing authority um, the rapid rehousing program we partner with them so all the agencies at pathways are involved in that coalition and together that's how we're trying to see how we're able to get more affordable housing units the good thing is Carolina Community Actions at Pathways will help with rent and utility assistance same with the city of Rock Hill and between those two agencies, I know they get thousands of people flooding their doors on a monthly basis. It's a top priority right now in this community. United Way 211 sees a huge influx of calls for rent and utility assistance. So we're trying to remember, if you can keep people that are about to lose the roof over their head in their home and keep them a secured cushion of rent for the next few months, we'll prevent all of those thousands of people from flooding the shelters but um, it comes down to those are the those are the experts that we lean on to help with the affordable housing so i know you gave an example that was uh more specifically devoted to answer the education piece of it but can you give me an, an example or a story of someone who came into pathways and left on their own two feet went from rock bottom to sustainable sure so there's many that come to mind but i think one that I, we've shared a lot with the com community about a manual Emmanuel came through our doors in crisis two years ago. Um, he went through a just an ugly divorce and through that lost, you know, his own home. The wife ended up staying in the home, kicked him out and lost a lot. And it, it displaced him. And that's what we call situational homeless. And so he was displaced on the streets, found pathways, and from there started to, to see what all those services that he could take advantage of day to day so he stayed throughout at the day shelter the bethel day shelter and would start to connect with case managers and we would get him into the referrals and so he got his id and he started to move from the emergency shelter and got into transitional shelter at the haven and from there he started to get a job and save money and this is the journey you want somebody to follow and keep in mind this man is a veteran he has served our country he has some war stories you know veterans have such a um just a tough shell on them so he he could withstand this resiliency that we don't always see in many of the others that fall into the homelessness situation emmanuel had resiliency and he's a true model of when you're provided all these resources he took advantage of them and he drove himself from that instability to self-sufficiency where it was probably five six months ago back in the fall of 2021 he graduated from the haven got himself into a permanent home that's affordable 
And the next thing he told us was, now that I'm in the home, I need to get a car. So it was two months ago, back in February, we heard from him. He, he comes in, by the way, all the time. He checks in on the staff. <laughs> he, he comes in and, and loves on everyone and gives back the gratitude of what all the staff at Pathways gave to him. And he, he came and celebrated in February. I got a car and it was out front, so we got a picture of it. And he's a true definition of success. And even with the women, we see the same thing too, a lot what Lifehouse does for them. I think all of our motto is we're not going to teach a man or a woman, um, excuse me, let me backtrack. We want to teach a man and a woman how to fish. We're not going to give them the fish. We're going to give them the tools and the skills on how to fish for themselves. And that's what Pathways is all about. We're not enabling. We're truly giving them these tools and resources to get self-sufficient. We can't drag them through it. They have to have that desire themselves. So we empower them. And that's the ones that are successful. How does, um, I'll finish up with this, how does Pathways work in step with the city of Rock Hill? So going back to, you know, the partnerships of just bringing Pathways alive, the city has been so critical and believing in Pathways from the get-go, from the zoning to approving so much of the capacity and beds that are allowed to be at Pathways. I mean, those are, those are hurdles for a lot of folks that have to go into purchasing property and, and getting approval. And I think as time has told, and now that Pathways is getting more credibility that the city, county, and so many of other partners are seeing, you know, the, the credibility of Pathways, we're doing exactly what we're saying we're doing. We're seeing outcomes and we're changing this community for the better. And so the city has been a huge component of supporting us from, from that time. And I even see a lot of the city, the, um, you know, city workers, city council, they come in and volunteer their time too, whether it's a soup kitchen, the Manor House food pantry, donating food, they're, they're giving back. But truly the city's been critical and especially around the housing component, the rapid rehousing program without them, Pathways would not be solving this homeless crisis. And I don't know if we ever will in a community, but we can definitely reduce it. And if you don't have housing to put these folks that are ready to be on their own, we're going to see them just stay in these emergency mm -hmm. shelters. So we're grateful for the city, and we, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Is there anything we're missing or that you'd like to add today? Well, for those that have never been to Pathways and you're hearing this and you're like, I want to learn more, please reach out. You can go to our website. It's pathwaysyc.org. You can go there to see volunteer opportunities, um, a, a donation. If you want to give back your time, talent, or treasure, there are so many options to do so. But the biggest thing is come tour it. I love to give tours anytime, any day. It is so fun to walk through our property and see the life-changing work. So reach out. I'm Alex Greenwald, Center Director at Pathways Community Center, and I look forward to meeting you. Alex, thank you so much for the difference you make in our community and just joining us today with CityCast. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill City Cast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.